And welcome to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the show. And we have our fingers crossed here tonight. We are under tornado watch here in Northeast Pennsylvania and, the, and uh, Western New York area. So we are uh, hoping that the power stays on and that uh, all will go well with show number 91. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, I'm excited about tonight's show. I'm excited to, uh, to talk to someone who I don't know that much yet. Um, but he has just got so much going on. We are going to meet Danny Hogger here uh, in a few minutes. Uh, Danny's an educator. He's a podcaster. He's a musician. He's a broadcaster. Uh, he's got a lot going on. So I am excited to really uh, talk with Danny and uh, get to know him and, and learn about the great work that he is doing out in California. So let's uh, keep our fingers crossed that the power stays on and that we can get, uh, you know, make a great show here. So it's getting the end of the year. It's getting that time. Uh, just a couple weeks left uh, in school. And I'll be interested to hear where Danny's at. But we, we graduate late. Um, so if you are an educator and you're watching, hang on. Keep your positive attitude. Keep everyone calm. Uh, and, and, you know, finish your year strong. So I wanted to share that for our educators uh, that are watching. Also, uh, there's a number of people watching live now. If you are watching live, leave us a comment, leave us a question. I'd love to bring you into the show. That's one of the aspects that we have been uh, trying to push here on Education, Leadership and Beyond is to interact with the audience more. And, uh, you know, so if you are watching live, if you are uh on on Facebook here, you know, to give us a question, give us a comment, okay? Uh, we are live on Facebook. We're going to iTunes. We're going to Voicehead Radio Canada. We're going to Disrupt Ed TV, and hopefully we'll be landing in California uh, with Danny in a moment. So I did want to start with an opening concept. Danny has a podcast called Inspiring Teachers Show, and I'm looking at that both ways, that he's inspiring teachers but he's also meeting teachers that are inspiring others. That's how I took it. We'll see what he says. But he's building people up. He is uh, adding to education and, and building people. And it, and it made me think of the story. This is my friend Dan Spanauer's book, Leading Narratives. It's got a great number of stories in here. And one of them is on page 102. If you've been around, you might have heard it. It's called The Builder. And as I was prepping for the show, thinking about all the work that Danny's doing, I said, well, you know what? He's really building a lot in his, in his personal life, in his education world, uh, but he's building people up. So this is a great story here, and, and uh, I'm going to give it a read, okay? So stick with me. It's called The Builder. As I walked through my hometown, I saw a group of men tearing a building down. With a heave and a hoe and a mighty yell, they swung a beam and the stairway fell. And I said to the foreman, are these men skilled, the type you would hire if you wanted to build? He laughed and said, why, no, indeed. He said, common laborers are all I need, for I can tear down in a day or two what it took a builder 10 years to do. And I thought to myself as I walked away, which roles am I going to play? Which one of these roles am I going to play? 
Am I the type that constantly tears down as I make my way foolishly around? Or am I the type that's trying to build with care in hopes that my team will be glad I'm there? And that is the builder. And that was uh, featured in a number of stories here on leading narratives uh, by my friend Dan Spanauer. Check it out at the leadership publishing team. Uh, but I thought that story was pretty, I don't know, just uh, prominent today, you know, thinking about getting ready for Danny and the show and, and, and the work he's doing. His podcast called, again, called Inspiring Teachers. He's lifting people up. He is certainly not tearing down. He is building people. He is inspiring others. And um, I just thought I wanted to share that story uh, as a lead into today's show. And um, I talk too much on my show. Let's let's bring Danny in here. There he is from California. Danny, welcome to Education Leadership and Beyond. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Andrew. Sounding good. Good to be here with you. Cool. And like I said, the rain is coming down here, uh, here in the home office. So hopefully we can uh, keep our connection. Danny, have you ever heard that story before, The Builder? No, I really enjoyed it, though. It's It really makes people more valuable and more positive and optimistic and better community members when we look to build people up. I like that a lot. Yeah, and it made me think of you. Uh, you were fortunate enough to have me on your on your show with a panel uh, uh, right. about a month ago. And, you know, I learned so much. And, you know, tell me about this show. We're going to get into all the stuff you're doing. But tell me about your podcast and how long you've been doing it and where did the inspiration come for the Inspiring Teachers show? Sure. Thank you so much for asking. We were heading into fall break and my wife is a teacher. My best friend's a teacher. His wife is a teacher. I've got a two and a half year old Dana Hogger and she and our best friends have a baby who's only two weeks apart. And I joke that I was more excited when they told us they were pregnant than when we found out we were pregnant. I'm like, we're going to go through this together. This is going to be great. And we're thinking about fall break. You know, wouldn't it be great if we had something to combat the burnout the teachers can feel? and to combat the negativity that sometimes is believed of teachers and spotlight them. And so Tavis and I looked at each other and said, you know, we talk teaching all the time. Whenever we get together, we can't stay off of it for 20 minutes. It comes up. I said, what if we start recording these conversations, you know, get together with the camera and let's like, why don't we share these stories? And sure enough, uh, between fall break and now, so only a span of about eight months, we've had (laughs) 49 episodes now. And inspiring teachers has been something that has not, taken our energy but has given us more energy because every time we finish an episode like the one we did with you with the panel we leave with more ideas with more feeling of how many passionate people there are in education and we feel energized because we've made each other feel good like you said we have built people up like dan spanauer's book and that's phenomenal because this positivity that we can share can make us more energetic teachers, which makes our students better informed because we bring more passion into the classroom. And that's what our show is about. Danny, you know, it's refreshing for me to hear you say that because you're doing you're doing the work, right? You're doing the prep for the show and you're you're doing all those things to get it out there on social media. But yet you are getting the takeaways. You're getting the energy. You're getting the inspiration. Um, and that it's a win-win situation, really. It really is because the stories that we share might give someone an idea or share some insights or rekindle the spark for teaching. That's, I think, what we're all about and exploring the why of teaching because we all have so many stories that are rich and dynamic and diverse, and they're all similar and all very different. And so sharing those is kind of what I imagine creating this archive of teacher thought of this era that we're living in, where it feels like everyone's going more student-centered in the classroom. 
And yeah, Tavis and I definitely feel enriched for having embarked on this. And uh, I'm glad that you uh, asked about it and joined us as well. Yeah, no. And then, you know, you look at the journeys that we're on with the podcast and what we're doing. And, you know, here we are talking live on Facebook now on my show Mm -hmm. across the country, talking about education and talking about inspiration. Um, And we met through, you know, our PLN, our, our, our social media networks, which is pretty cool. It is very, very cool. And I think, you know, I have a broad, a, a broadcasting background. So you wouldn't think that by saying broad, broad broadcasting background. It's like there was a delay. We'll call that storm. Is the storm affecting the, the Ethernet here? But yeah, I worked for the Angels for five years. So I have always wanted to keep my feet in that arena. So for me, it checks so many boxes. It's me being a broadcaster and a podcaster and a teacher and a storyteller and a listener, because I'm generally curious about people's stories as well. And, you know, you jumped in about the, the broadcasting. Uh, tell me tell me about that background and how you're kind of blending all of these passions you have now of teaching and podcasting, music. There's there's so much you're doing and they're they're kind of similar in a way. And you're you're like molding them into this cool genre here. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that background? For sure. So thank you for asking. I, I came out of Stockton, California. My first job, $6.25 an hour, which to some uh, maybe is a lot of money compared to where their first jobs were. And so that's cool. But when I worked at the Stockton Port single A baseball team, used to be the Oakland A's affiliate. That was my first job. And I'm like, this is really fantastic. I'm going to paid to watch baseball. We get a free hot dog a game. This is fantastic. I saw a table sitting uh, just outside where I was being an usher and it said KSTN 1420. I'm like, there's no way Stockton has a radio station. This cow town has a radio station. And so I went over there and it's happened that the night before I had had to kick someone out of the game for being a little bit uh, intoxicated. And so the woman at the table says, oh, you're interested. Well, you could come for a tour. Just talk to that gentleman over there. And it was the same guy I had thrown out the night before. And I said, well, that's the end of my radio career. I'll just go back to checking tickets here and this will be my lifetime job. And sure enough, I went up to him and he said, you know what, son, I appreciate it. you had the respect to do your job. Most people wouldn't talk to me like that. And you did what you needed to do. Come by. We'll get you hired. Not we'll get you a tour. We'll get you hired. So from that humble training to running the radio stations at Dominican University in Santa Fe and Cal State Fullerton in Southern California, now I was the manager of 75 DJs and staff and having the best time meeting people and, again, hearing their stories, listening to them develop as broadcasters. Started working with the Angels, with Golden West College, did a little Cal State Fullerton basketball as well, and that launched the whole adventure. And so, you know, I saw over the years that maybe radio wasn't the career that it was going to be. You know, other than the newspaper industry, I'm not sure there's a lot of growth happening in those two sectors of the market, although podcasting, clearly, with what you're doing, what we're doing is emerging, right? It's growing vastly. And so it's just a way to, to balance those two things. I think that I've always wanted to do communications is really the work, right? It's the field. When I was looking into college, everything I could think that I might want to do in life fell under a communications degree. And so this is really, I guess, the inside of me trying to get out and be that still while teaching has become the calling, right? And the vocation and the day-to-day challenge. So that's what's kind of interesting to me about balancing these things. And so I do a Hogger History podcast that's for high school history teachers to get free review. I've got Danny Hogger Music Podcast where I do a free song every week. And balancing those three things, and I'm vlogging for my master's degree too from San Diego Christian College. All those spinning plates, that makes me thrive because I really like to have these things up in the air that are all turning because every day is dynamically different. 
Danny, I'm going to go off script here. One of yeah. the great people I got to meet uh, on my journey here was Peter Shankman, um, who uh, wrote a book called Faster Than Normal. And he has a podcast about faster than normal, okay. which about, it is about you know people that have ADD or ADHD. And it's viewed as a superpower, not a disability. Okay. Listening to all the things that you are doing, you know, is is ADD part of your world? And I'm, I hope I'm not saying this in a disrespectful way. I know. I appreciate like, the question. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, you know, I I am doing a lot myself. And sometimes I have to bring that focus in mm. because I am spread out and doing so many different things. Is that something that's part of your world? I don't know. It's not in the traditional sense of our thinking about somebody who has an issue focusing because I have laser focus. I mean, I can sit down and grind out uh, like I'm working on my master's thesis. I have 25 pages done and we technically shouldn't have been able to start yet. Um, And I'm seven weeks ahead of everyone else in the course. So I'm just waiting for them to catch up to me. So I don't know what it is, but it is something about wanting to have a lot of things going or I feel like I'm not moving. So now I'm going to listen to that podcast and I wonder if that will, it sounds like a great suggestion for me because I do feel like I'm not doing anything if there's nothing on the schedule for the day or that maybe I'm not being productive and then I'm being inefficient if something new is not being creative. Now, if the, the part I need, the missing half, the missing component for me is the marketing side, right? Doing all these things and having very few people see them, it's still meaningful to me. You know, maybe what's interesting, too, is I just officiated a wedding on Saturday. My best friends got married. And I said during the wedding of all the gigs, of all the concerts, of all the podcasts, this is the most meaningful thing I've ever done, because that is the creation of someone's journey right at the start where everyone's listened and heard it and became part of the experience. So if I can find a way to bridge all this production into like the proper channels where they will be received, I think that's maybe my next decade is is what probably what I need to be looking at. Yeah. And you know what? Hopefully someone that is tuning in tonight might have a platform or some advice for you to to help with that. You know, certainly the marketing and, um, you know, we shared a story off air about how it, what it takes to grow. Right. What it takes to, to kind of get to that next level. But uh, just keep pumping along, Danny, because your energy is inspiring. And, and let's bring it back to that. You know, the, the your, sure. your, your podcast. You know, the name of mine is called Education, Leadership and Beyond. And I've learned so much about both topics. Um, what would you say you've learned about inspiration since doing your podcast? Yeah, sure. Well, one of the things that I'm amazed at is how many people explain their why of teaching in trying to boost up the future and boost up the next generation. Mm. Someone told me when I got into teaching not to be a martyr. And I felt a little offended by that because we are all investing the time and energy that we have. And if it did boost up somebody, help them elevate above where I was at their age, I would claim that a a large success. A couple kids came to me this week and they got, uh, they're looking for football help, like writing letters. And a kid got into San Jose state and he said, I didn't think I could do that, but you helped me. You said I could write. And I believed I could. And I did those kinds of moments. Just I'm in my first year of high school, fourth year overall. And when I've learned from the show is that a lot of unselfishness before I thought maybe Twitter was for self promoters and for people to toot their own horn. Now I see it's really selflessness. It's everyone sharing ideas and contributing to this greater knowledge and realizing that teaching isn't a competition. It's kind of a collaboration. And that's what I've learned is 
everyone who's come on my show without exception has done and explained their teaching for a positive reason and for a good purpose. It's not for themselves. It's really been about the students. So one of the common threads is that all the teachers that I've talked to are trying to improve and trying to improve their classrooms so that it will make a better impact on tomorrow. That's an awesome answer. And, and, you know, I view Twitter the same way, um, you know, kind of like that story I read about the builder, about helping others and, and building up, you know, your PLN and helping, you know, by sharing great content because success leaves clues, right? And, mm-hmm. and successful people are happy to share those clues. And um, that's yeah. really cool. And I like your opinion on that. Um, how about, again, you mentioned this is only your fourth year and your first year of high school, you know, why is there, and I see this, I'm, I'm 14 years at my school. We have some people who have a lot of energy like you, they're bringing new things and fresh. And, and we have some people that remain seated at their desk in a monotone. And I just, it drives me crazy that we have this audience every day. We have these kids every day and we can impact their lives. And it's just, so, some are flat. What are you, what are you seeing in, in the differences in, in, in educators, uh, you know, in your part of the country out there? That's a good question. I think it's a passion, right? It's a spark for doing what they're doing each day. It's a reason for going in and going above and beyond. That's the things I get when I talk to teachers like Jeffrey Frieden or Tamara Letter or, you know, anyone, even people who are in and out of the classroom. It's that uh, the caring, I think, is the word that maybe it comes down to. And that might be true of every profession, right? You can have exceptional service at a restaurant. You can have exceptional service at a tourist stop or attraction or a tour or museum. It's people that generally want to be there. And that's what I've seen. And I think I've been really fortunate that at our high school, everyone I met seems to really care. And a lot of them seem to have grown up in the town that I'm teaching and are invested in the community and what it means to produce children who are responsible and who are going to be additive to society and contribute positively. So I think it may be different for every reason, every teacher just be in the same way that their why is different. And so the things that I've seen from the inspiring teacher show is like this vibrance, right? It's this awake and alertness to something. The word that you said was you have this audience every day. Would your students turn the channel? If you were a channel, if they could, would they switch to something else? The biggest compliment I have from seniors and juniors is, you know, I usually skip classes, but I won't skip your class or I don't skip your class or you always bring me something or just bringing current events in the classroom like I did today. It was mostly a work day for them, but I brought six or seven articles in and looking at their eyes, seeing a direct eye connection and seeing them nod like they're thinking or say something to a neighbor about what they heard or raise their hand. That's why I teach. I think uh, it's a lot of that. So it's it's a, some keywords and some buzzwords in there, but I think it goes to passion and drive and willingness to be selfless. I think those are three important parts of it. it may not be the whole puzzle, but that's a good piece. Yeah, that's an that's an awesome story. And, and one of the things I see you're doing, Danny, you're starting to bring your outside passion of broadcasting and podcasting yeah. into the classroom. You've had some projects where you've had kids broadcasting different things. Is that, am I, am I asking that question correctly? Yeah, definitely. So the Hogger History podcast, it started being me and it's become me and students reviewing, playing games together on the microphone in the classroom. You know, teachers out there could get a boom arm for your desk and a microphone for under $50 and really connect something that 
brings excitement to the way students plan. You know, why have them write a page when you can have them write a page script and deliver it? Now we're practicing public speaking and planning. We're bringing history to life. I've got a green screen in my classroom behind me. We can impose historical videos and sites. Pretend you're there. You know, take me through a battle. You know, put some footage of it up. Those things uh, seem like they're difficult at first. They're not. You, it's a green sheet of felt. You know, staple it on the wall. You're good to go. Uh, the, those things are important. Having debates in the classroom. I was a debate teacher, 2009 debate champion, team debate, California. That's a blast. If you teach kids how to do it the right way and realize it's not arguing, it's a skillful contest. And if you can set it up the right way, well, now they're they're playing a game. You know, disguise the learning. What does it have to be the same every day, right? So whatever ways I can do to get them engaged, and I'm still trying to find more ways to do that, but bringing the learning not from me as much, how about from you too? Let's learn together. How about not me above you? How about us together learning together? You know, I'm going to make mistakes too. Um, so you know, today the so student asked me about Herbert Hoover, and I started talking about J. Edgar Hoover, because thinking about the Leonardo DiCaprio film. Then as I was talking, I'm like, something sounds off about this. He kept talking, like, you know what? Everything you just wrote down, Delete that paragraph. Let's start fresh. Let's look together. I sat down next to him. We knocked it out together. He needed that for English class, you know, but he'd already finished his work for the day. So the personal connection is so much of this too. All these questions are, do your students know who you are as a person? Because for me, if they don't, why am I teaching that? Because anyone else could teach them this material and probably know it better than I do. But for me, it's a lot about selling myself and getting myself out there because now I'm vulnerable. You can be vulnerable too as students we can do this learning together and not have this like facade where I know everything and you don't. And that's why you need to respect me. But how about let's respect each other just because we have important ways that we think. So that's, that's a big part of that for me too. That's awesome, Danny. And uh, we have some people leaving a comment here. A good friend of mine, Mike Siegel uh, commented, uh, you know, how insightful this is. And, you know, I hope history teachers are seeing that and, and, you know, might do that. I love it. And, and maybe we can connect uh, my school and yours with the Hogger history uh podcast but that's, that's great you know that's great stuff man and how does your administrative uh leadership team feel about some of those uh <laughs> projects that you're doing that's putting the, you know putting it out there yeah i think it's emerging i my first year i've tried to stay under the radar as far as all the things that i'm doing only because i want my administrator to focus on what i'm doing in the classroom sure. so for me it was get a good evaluation i think someone told me High school, public school, year one, your goal is to come back for year two. So on the on the whole level, I think I'm doing what everyone's doing. I'm volunteering for other events on campus like staff basketball game and uh, teacher improv show and teacher talent show. I'm just trying to get known to the students this year. And uh, unless you're in my classroom, I think the students know all the projects that I'm working on. But I, I haven't broadcast it that loudly. And again, here's that marketing piece, right? You would think if I was trying to scream it from the mountaintops at the, the highest point of campus. But really, I've been working on trying to become a better teacher this year. I had never taught World War II, never taught Vietnam. I hadn't taught a lot of these really dense subject matters because high school goes so much further than eighth grade does. And so this year was all about learning, focusing, and making sure my bases are covered before I start hitting home runs and stealing other people's bases. So it's kind of my focus. Danny, here's what I'll tell you. Just talking with you today, and I'm inspired. I am enthused about school. I can't wait to go tomorrow and share this podcast with, with some of my teachers. So I, I would cool. I would tell you, you know, someone told me this once, that if someone had, uh, you know, the directions or the instructions on how to give CPR to others, and they mm -hmm. weren't sharing that to other people, 
You know, how dare them? You're doing great work. Mm, and that, you. you know, and get get that out there again. You're not showing, hey, look at me. You're <laughs> showing, hey, this thing's working here. You know, what what ideas do you have? You're sharing those ideas because it is inspiring to others. And we have to make it's our job to make education fun for kids and, and, and motivating for kids because they got the internet. Like you said, anyone anyone can teach that history, right? Because it it it's, it happened. But you're bringing it alive. You're making it alive today. And uh, kudos to you, man. That's that sounds awesome. Um, I would I would recommend. I don't know if you read uh, Teach Like a Pirate. You know, Dave Burgess yep. out there in San Diego. Yeah, my wife and I definitely. Well, it sounds like you're a, a pirate here. And uh, <laughs> speaking of a book, Danny, you didn't mention it, but did I see that also correctly that you're working on a book as well? Yeah, so there is an ebook on Amazon called Inspiring Teachers 25 Teachers Share What They've Learned. And that's the summation of our first 25 episodes. And yeah, I would like to write Teach Like a Broadcaster. It's about quarter, 50%, maybe a little bit more done. And I'm just waiting for the right person to come along to partner and, and kind of make that a reality because I don't want to have it sit and not be seen. So sure. I'm, I'm definitely willing to write it, probably write it, finish writing it this summer. And I just think it's it's kind of taking that metaphor we talked about earlier to a greater level. If you were a broadcaster, how long would it be before your students changed the channel? Do you have interesting commercial breaks? Are you advertising things that keep people interested? Are you forward selling material, back selling material? Are you scripting? Is it an interesting script? Does it get people's attention? Would people listen to you if they didn't were not forced to? And what could you do differently to get them to do so? Are there segments that are interesting? Is it journal, news, content? Is it just content? Are they just reading? Are they bored? What are you bringing to them? Melba Beals told me, she was my teacher Dominican and one of the Little Rock Nine, the integrated central high school. She said that broadcasting is a gift. And if you're not giving a gift to your audience, you're failing. So that's something that I try to think about. I should think about it more every day, but something that everyone could take into account when they're teaching. What gift are you giving your students? Why would they even enjoy being in your room? Would you enjoy the teacher that you are? And that's kind of what I want the book to be. That's what I want it to explore. Yeah. Well, and again, hopefully someone's listening that might want to take a bite at that. But I would say you need to go ahead and send that to Dave Burgess because it sounds like that's a message that would be under his umbrella uh, in terms of you know creating that passion and and bringing that excitement to kids and, and learning. And uh, um, it's a it's really a great combination of the two. And I like your reflectiveness. You've only been doing this five years, but you know, the fact that you're willing to ask yourself those questions. Sure. It's pretty impressive. Uh, I have Dan. a lot of improvement to make myself. I know I I'm on the arc. The arc's going up, but I got a lot of learning to do too. Yeah, man. Um, guys, if you are watching live our audience here, please leave us a question. Danny is uh, doing an amazing job on the show. And, uh, he's got a lot going on um, in, in his life here. Danny, tell me about, you know, doing those those major league games and those, you know, uh, the Pac-12 hoops games or the different, you know, level games. You've had, I mean, those that's some pretty heavy-duty stuff here. Um, at some point, were, were you, did you want to go that route uh, to be a professional broadcaster? Yeah, I, lo- I loved working for the LA Angels in Anaheim. It was, it's a pretty special thing to work at a stadium and be in the station inside. You know, I didn't need to drive to LA, which was huge for me. Northern California kid didn't like to do a lot of driving growing up. So that was big. And when I got there, you're you're wowed by everything, right? And everything is larger than life. And you realize the players are normal people. My first interview was Mike Trout, and I was Mike wow. Trout's first interview. 
So him and I were both nervous together and I've got the microphone and he's like, so what are we going to talk about? I'm like, don't worry, man, I, got, I have your back. You know, let's do this together. And that was pretty amazing. I went into the locker room every just about every game getting sound post game for the morning show I was on the morning show six to 10 with Roger Lodge, who's still there. Sports Lodge, AM 830. And uh, then I started doing, you know, just some some call in shows and things like that. And I worked Stanford baseball play by play. And color commentary for about six months, seven months. And the driving, again, two and a half hours. I, I, I had felt like after five years, I saw that no one got promoted from part-time to full-time. It's a great organization, but it felt like you can't see my desk, but the ceiling is right here on this bookshelf. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was already rubbing against it and that it was a very special place to be. But I started to look at the scores every day, right? Today, Oakland 3, Anaheim 2, tune in tomorrow. And the A's 3-1 to again over the Angels. And I was like, you know, this is kind of a repeat. Sports is great. It's, everyone needs the break. Everyone loves the entertainment and the joy that people get from it. I'm not knocking it. But it was repeated over and over. And so was doing traffic. You know, I did traffic. And I'm like, huh? I'm sitting next to people that for 40 years have told you that downtown L.A. is slow between the 5 and the 10. <laughs> That's a no, it's five o'clock PM guys. This could have been done. You know, everyone knows. Right. Um, and I thought that teaching was the antithesis of that. Teaching is always different. Right. And coming up with new, new ways to teach this material is what I wanted to do. So the answer is yes. I, mean, I did want to be a broadcaster of sorts and I wanted to, I love radio as a medium. It's so pure. It's one voice to an audience and podcasting is great too. So that that's kind of why I got into doing that. And writing songs every week on Danny Hogger music and releasing those. So it's, uh, it's, it's in the back of my mind. You know, I think about it sometimes, but that's what we are as teachers, right? Our audience is just visible and we have a certain amount of material and a certain amount of script that we need. And we've got, everything is pretty similar. So yeah. that, it, it fills a void. I think it fills a need and, and that want for an audience too also. That's a great story. You know, I had a, another chance to meet uh, Don Wetrick, who is a great educator out in Indianapolis. And his he told his dad he was going into his teaching. And his dad said, you know, y- you could teach for 20 years. Just make sure you don't teach the same thing for 20 years. You mm-hmm. teach each year as its own. Uh, yeah, it's good. He, and, yeah, he remembered that. And he's doing great work in the, in the field of innovation and, and creativity with kids. Oh, cool. um, yeah. Danny, this is this is fantastic. I'm inspired. Uh, you have a ton of energy. How do you <laughs> how do you balance it all? You mentioned you have a two and a half year old daughter. You're a young yeah. teacher. You're doing so much. How do you balance all of this and your scheduling and all of that kind of stuff? I think it's something I said earlier. The more I do, I think the more excited I get to do things. I've never had coffee either, which usually blows people away. Like it's not. <laughs> they usually ask how many cups are you drinking? Zero. And I, you know, so. I can't say other than I look forward to a a day where there's like people to meet or get to talk to you. And I love your story too. So I'm, I'm grateful that you would provide me some time to talk with you. These connections are life, aren't they? You know, I'm, I'm thinking about recently I've been writing to people trying to find a way to get this music out to people too. Right. So I went on Etsy and and there's people that make guitar t-shirts. So I said, well, Hey, how about if you, if you were to send me a shirt, I would feature it and I would review it. And then I can put that in my description and link to you. And I realized that's what networking is. <laughs> you know, I used to be the Orbelinda Belinda Chamber Manager, Chamber of Commerce. I worked for Salvation Army. I did charity for two years. I brought in $10 million in in-kind donations for people to rehabilitate from drugs oh. and addiction. Oh. And I thought, well, that's what networking is. It's in person. It's face-to-face. 
And then I realized it's 2019 and I've been sleeping for 10 years writing a song a week, but not really making connections with it. And I thought, why didn't you start this a long time ago? And so I feel like the ideas are just now coming that'll help get these things out. And that's what gives me energy in that like, oh, I might've just found this new way to bridge people together or to share my music. Or I just did a concert at the Contra Costa County Fair last week. And I'm like, I've been looking for gigs for years. Why is it just clicking now? So it feels like trying to learn as fast as you can to inform your past to get your future in line. If that That's like an yeah. Avengers thing. I just time traveled. <laughs> and it was pretty cool. And I'm kind of blown away by it. But it's true. If I would have known 10 years ago how to market better, I would have been doing it this whole time. So I feel like meeting you again is, is a new way to do that. And at the end of life, like what have we created? What are we leaving? What is the legacy? And the more connections we make like this too is is all the people that have, would have something to say at the end, right? About mm -hmm. you and, and who you were. So that's exciting to me. You know, I don't want to waste time is what I'm trying to do now. I feel like what if I, every year I feel like, well, why wasn't I doing more last year? <laughs> so I guess it's, it's a little bit of race against time and trying to just make something happen. This is great, Danny. And I'm really impressed. And, uh, but we are running out of time. You have two energetic guys here. We 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 could probably do it. I know you just did a three hour live event. We could yeah. probably uh, double that. Yeah, um, yeah. But let's get rolling into rapid fire. Uh, All right, here. let's do it. Um, you know, these are quick answer questions, Danny. So, last book you read? Yeah, Thirst by Scott Harrison of Charity Water about how he formed an organization that's given seventy million people clean water. Last movie you saw? I saw The Avengers. This is a time travel reference. Saw Detective Pikachu. Would not recommend the latter. Okay. Uh, Avengers The End Game. Is it, would you, would yes. you recommend that? Yeah, pretty good. I mean, if you got three hours to spare, it's a good story on the big screen. Favorite place to travel? Canada. I go every summer. Okay. Uh, greatest challenge in your work? I think finding the most effective ways to convey meaningful historical material and learning the history, which again, next year, world history, never taught it before. So that's going to be my challenge this summer. Get ready. Make some good lessons. The, you, the, is it sophomores in uh in It'll California? be sophomores in California. Yeah. Sophomores yeah. and juniors is what I'll have next year. Okay. That's, yeah. Ours is world history is, is sophomores. Cool. You have a lot of things that clearly motivate you and you shared a lot of those passions tonight. Um, you know, what is something else that motivates you? That any moment, the next opportunity like this interview presents itself to make connections that might teach me something that I can relay to students and propel me through to the next connection. So it's propulsion. That's what motivates me. Yeah. The power of a single experience is what I like yeah. to call it because you never know what can happen. That is really good. I like that. Yeah. Well, my friend, Dr. Rob Gilbert, I got to he, he helped me with a lot of these things. Uh, how about a pet peeve of yours? When students procrastinate, so I give a six-week assignment and say, you know, don't wait until the last minute because you'll be mad at yourself, and then they wait for the last minute. So yeah. teaching them how to incrementally get ahead of yourself, there is no way I could do the master's degree, weekly music, inspiring teachers, hogger history, and still be with my daughter if I wasn't pushing all of them ahead in time, right? So procrastinating to me is a big thing to try to teach students not to do. Do you, let me go off script here again. Are you yeah. and your family with your wife, like on Google calendar together? How do you, how yeah, do you I started doing that. know all that you're doing? Right? <laughs> yeah. This year I started doing that and, and it's helpful. Right. And today I almost went out to dinner with a friend and that would have been bad because I would have uh, been in a, in a rush to not make it back here in time. Cat's here too. <laughs> um, but yeah, so calendar is big to make sure and look ahead. Otherwise you don't want to double schedule something. So yes, it is. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was certainly, you know, we were on California time there. We're in New York here. For sure. uh, best purchase under 100 bucks that has had the greatest impact on your life? Yeah, I would say USB microphones. I mean, they're just hugely successful. I have one in almost every room in case I want to record in that instance with the guitar. Hugely great. I mean, quality's gotten up so high and costs have come down. So that's huge to me. Production's everywhere in my classroom, in the bedroom uh, for music or guitar, living room. There's a mic in every room. Got to turn that one off in the bedroom. Your wife would be. Kidding. I was just going to say, you know, things you wish you wouldn't have said. And that's the kind of joke you make in the classroom. Kids love that They're stuff. They're going to jump right? all over that. Oh, hey, yeah. And that's the best. You're only live on Facebook going out to thousands yeah, no of people. No one heard it. It's all, good. it's all good. All good. Something about Danny Hogger that people do not know about. Oh, wow. See, I'm trying to tell everyone all about everything. So I, I don't know. I think that. Um, Wow, it feels like I've given you the life story almost. Other than I think friends are family, you know, and so I, I really kind of relish that after college, it's hard to meet people your own age with your own interests. So just uh, I don't mind being my total self with people. And so that's something that I think you'd find out about me is there's no reason to keep things hidden, really. We're all humans who could benefit from that sharing. So I, I feel like that's pretty good. Yeah, and keep rolling with those podcasts because I agree with you. How about a hurdle, Danny? Something you, you've talked about, so many successes and so many things you're doing. Something that was a hurdle for you. Yeah, I think finding ways to get students out of their seat and activities that students in high school will find meaningful, relevant, and engaging. You know, not something they'll laugh at, scoff at, not want to do. Trying to catch who they are in the way that I present lessons. And it can take a lot of time. So I think each month trying to get one solid thing on their calendar that, that I know is going to be a good memory for them. That's a challenge for me. Yeah. Yeah. Danny, how about, again, I'm going to go off script just because you're sharing so much today. Yeah. How about, you know, you're clearly an extrovert, you know, how about that introverted student that this might be too much for, or yeah. they don't feel comfortable getting out of their seat sharing. Yeah. For me, I was that kid. And I don't, I think that clicked when I went from private school to public school to from a school of 1100 to 36,000 in Fullerton, second big school in California. And I teach them who I was. I was the kid who wouldn't raise his hand, who was a B plus a minus student who didn't want to ruffle any feathers. And then I tell them that how great the dividends have been since I decided to speak up a little bit more. I also tell them how I regret if I had gone to prom and not gone bowling. If I had talked to people in high school instead of scoffed and said, they do this or that, well, I don't want to associate with them. If I had been more open then, I would be much further now, and I believe that. I think um, shutting yourself off to people is not a reward. It's a punishment. So, mm -hmm. and, and if you get to know a student really well, you can have discussions like that in a minute or two minutes off to the side so they don't feel awkward. And I've had a couple kids tell me, I didn't quit guitar because of you, or I didn't quit this or that because I saw that you made mistakes and you regretted that. So again, it's that boosting up, right? Can they do better than me? Cause I would like them to. And, and I feel like the honesty there is something that can help. You got a lot in the hopper, Danny, short-term goal, three to five months. Yep. Finish my master's degree, plan a world history class. That's exceptional, hopefully. And I perform some more live events with the music as well. And maybe some more podcast live events in the Bay area. Very cool. Long-term uh, goal, three to five years. Yeah, I'd like to have three to five annual recurring gigs, like what I just did at St. Mary's in Moraga. That's awesome. If I could find more ways to get an audience where we're doing our show in front of people, interviewing teachers at professional development, I think that would be a niche I would love to be in. 
Cool. Well, keep getting to those conferences and keep getting there. Um, that's a really, that's a cool opportunity. Danny, you've shared so much. You really, like you said, you kind of opened up and, and you did a great job. How can people get in touch with you? Well, thanks, Andrew. I appreciate the compliments again. Uh, Twitter at Show Teachers for Inspiring Teachers Show, at Show Teachers. At Danny Hogger, also on Twitter, is a pretty good way to DM and get in touch. At DHX Music for my music, which is like acoustic, modern rock, folk rock. And my Danny Hogger YouTube channel is a great way to go. And all of those things can be found on dannyhogger.com as well. So if you remember my name, you should be able to find me. Google's a wonderful thing. So H-A-U-G-E-R and Danny Hogger should be able to get you there. It's like when they're hogging the basketball in the, yep. in the game. <laughs> there you go. It's like elementary school coming back to haunt my dreams once again, hogging it all. Yep. Danny, uh, you gave us a great quote here. Why don't you end our show with your quote here? Oh, wow. Okay. So I looked at who said this. And when I Googled it, I got Henry Ford, Tony Robbins, and Albert Einstein. So I don't know if anyone knows who actually said it. But if you always do what you always did, you will always get what you always got. And that's from my boss at Salvation Army. I shared an office with him, told everyone who came into his office that. Meaning, if you're not satisfied with where you're at, try something new. It has to be the way to get to somewhere new. And I just thought, at first I thought it's just a cliched phrase. But he said it so many times. You know, when you start embedding it in your mind, I'm like, all right, I believe it now. So, and I think it is true. You don't try anything new, you won't be in any new pathways. So I, I... Thank you for giving me this new pathway today. And I really appreciate all you do for education and growth and leadership. Yeah, no, very cool, Danny. You did a great job. My brother's a big time chemist at Estee Lauder. And uh, I asked him that question about, you know, his work when he was on the show here. And he said, we use the try method. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm waiting for him to give some formula, right? Some fancy schmancy formula. And he said, we we try this, we try that until we get it right. It's pretty good. Simple. And it makes sense. Keep rolling with it. Uh, I want to recommend my buddy's book again, Leading Narratives. A lot of great stories here. Uh, and Danny, we'll have to have you back on when, you, when your book gets out there. Awesome, man. Anytime. I'm happy to do it. And thank you so much for the opportunity. Cool. We're going to sign off here on Education, Leadership, and Beyond. Let's get this music going. We might have to feature some of your music on here, uh, Danny. Yeah, anytime. Danny Hogger, everyone. Um, you can check him out at dannyhogger.com and uh, we'll tweet this out and you can check out his show inspiring teachers show as well danny thanks man thank you so much man see you later all right all right you stay on the line sir. thanks for tuning in everyone leave us a comment